Disney. Fine print. Parrots. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is entertainment news. This comes from The Verge. Uh, headline reads, Disney is ending its vault program, giving Disney Plus a huge boost in the streaming wars. Disney you, Plus? Which is, is their, the their streaming? streaming service. Okay. Are you familiar with the vault program? Not really, actually. They talk about it a little bit in the article. Um, so CEO Bob Iger told shareholders today that Disney Plus, the company's upcoming streaming service, at some point fairly soon after launch will carry Disney's entire catalog of animated films that have traditionally been kept in a, quote, vault, brought out basically every few years. Oh, okay. Um, this is a major change in policy for the company, which until now has deliberately created artificial shortages of its films via extremely limited re-releases. Um, the, they initiated the practice as a way to control their own market and drive up demand whenever they did release a new edition of an old classic. Um, so basically they would like have a limited run of like the home version of a vit movie as soon as it came out, then they lock it in this vault mm. and not like print any more copies of it until like a few years later or however much long longer. Okay. And then they like re-release it and it's like artificial demand increases. Yeah. Artificial shortages create demand, which is kind of a weird practice, but they've done it for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and the tradition carried through to Disney's, digital distribution platforms. Um, for instance, even the, though their uh, live-action Aladdin is coming soon, the animated film is unavailable and unavailable woo, for streaming or digital per- purchase right now. So you can't stream Aladdin anywhere or like even huh. download it. It's That's interesting. They yeah. Didn't, I didn't know that they did that. Yeah. They <laughs> currently cycle about 34 movies in and out of the vault ranging from the company's most popular films like The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast to direct-to-video sequels like Bambi 2 and The Little Mermaid 2, <laughs> Return to the Sea. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, Disney is betting hard on exclusivity, which is why the company decided to take a $150 million hit to remove its films from Netflix. Um, and Disney movies soon won't be available to stream anywhere but Disney Plus, not on YouTube, Netflix, or even on their own Dis- uh, Disney TV channels. So, the, oh wow! Literally, this They're will be the from only way to of see TV them. Also, yeah, the only way to see them digitally will be through um, their this Disney Plus thing. Um, in addition to their. Uh, movies they're planning on producing exclusive live action series from popular franchises like star wars marvel uh high school musical and monsters inc apparently as part of this so okay it's not really that (laughs) that really doesn't encourage me to get it but the the vault is kind of interesting um they don't have a launch date or exact price point for the service but more information is expected to come out of the company's investor day on april 11th so about a month from now um, and they're saying that it's going to cost less than Netflix at launch, at least. So, oh, okay. Well, that seems... It really, I think it okay. really depends on how big of a Disney fan you are. Because they showed, like, yeah. this article included some people reacting on Twitter, like, well, they've got my money now, because well, they just Some really people want... just really love Disney stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, like watching those things. Yeah. It'd be really or good for somebody with kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. Glad we were uh, in sync there. Complete synchronicity. Um, but... That I I don't think I'll be subscribing to it. I have <laughs> no. enough subscription yeah, as it is. I think I am in that same boat at this time. 
in my life. So <laughs> at this time in my life, I've decided not to purchase the Disney <laughs> streaming subscription service. <laughs> I mean, I like Disney movies, but not enough that I'm going to buy a subscription to their stuff. Yeah. So everyone just needs to make one friend who does. And then you've just got them as your source. Yeah. That'll work. Okay, my first story is a random local news story. And this is from CBS News. A self-proclaimed nerd from Georgia read the often ignored fine print on an insurance contract, and it ended up winning her $10,000. Donalyn Andrews recently bought travel insurance from a Florida-based company called Square Mouth, and, which I don't know why that's the name of a, a travel insurance company, but okay. <laughs> Andrew said she always reads the fine print on contracts, policies, and agreements. This time, her diligence paid off. Hidden deep within the text of her square mouth insurance policy was a contest to win $10,000. The company buried instructions for claiming the grand prize in the fine print of the insurance contract. And this is what it said. If you've read this far, then you are one of the very few tin leg customers. That's the name of their like insurance policy. It's what called is tin this place? <laughs> I don't know. Square mouth, tin legs. They call like, it like the tin leg insurance policy. Is, it, is their mascot like a robot or something? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you are one of the very few tin leg customers <laughs> to review all of their policy documentation, the fine print read. It included an email, uh, email address and said the first person who replied would win the prize. Wow. So this person emailed and then they won and they were the only person that sent in an email. Um. Square Mouth explained the secretive contest on their website after Andrews won. We understand most customers don't actually read contracts or documentation when buying something, but we know the importance of doing so, the company wrote. We created the top secret pays to read campaign in an effort to highlight the importance of reading policy documentation from start to finish. <laughs> uh, not only did Square Mouth give Andrews the $10,000 she won by being a thorough reader, they also donated another $10,000 to a children's literacy charity and $5,000 each to two high schools as part of their Pays to Read campaign. So they donated some money, too. But, like, they paid someone $10,000 for reading the fine print in their contract. That's a pretty good deal. I'm not going to do it still. Like, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's actually going to make more people read the fine print. I really don't. Well, now that they've done it once, like, nobody's going to do this again because they don't want to have to spend $10,000 every time somebody reads the fine print. And since they didn't announce the contest, nobody was re- like more people weren't, weren't reading, reading it, it before. But now it's like, oh, well, the first person did it, so they won it already. So now there's not going to be another winner. <laughs> they so, just rewarded the one person who who just does that already. Right. <laughs> and I also don't read fine print, which I know you're supposed to, but like no one reads fine print. No one reads fine print except for this. Except this for this lady, who's so. a, apparently a self-proclaimed nerd, which. I That's don't think you get that of, just for being, for reading. Yeah, I don't think that qualifies as nerdy either. I I don't reading think, isn't nerdy. Reading isn't nerdy, no. It's just reading. Okay. Sorry, Donna. <laughs> Don, I don't remember what her name was. It's, just, it's Donna. <laughs> was it? I thought it was Donna. No, it's some weird name. Uh, it's, it's, um, Donna Lynn? <laughs> okay, so it was, I thought it was like Donna Lynn. No, it's spelled D O N E L A N. Oh. Donalyn. Oh, so the, okay. It's not Donalyn, but I see 
how you would think that. Okay. So we're just going to continue to not read fine print, and that's it. But now you know that someone somewhere won $10,000 for reading it, so if you find it likely that that will happen again, maybe you should read fine print. Still not, Still not going to do it. <laughs> All right. My next story is animal news. And this comes from live science and also from my uncle. Um, huh. <laughs> uh, opium addicted parrots are terrorizing poppy farms in India. What? <laughs> um. Poppy farmers in the state of uh, Madhya Pradesh in India have reportedly run into some trouble while cultivating this season's crops. In addition to inconsistent rainfall putting a damper on things, flocks of persistent parrots presumed to be addicted to opium, are rampaging through the poppy farms, sometimes making 40 visits a day to get their fix. Which I don't know how they know it's 40 visits a day. What? Anyway, some uh, birds have been filmed tearing into uh, unripe poppy pods where opium-rich milk resides, while others use their beaks and claws to snip snip off the plants at their stalks and fly away with the entire intact pod. Wow. It's like, snip, and then run off with it. Or fly off. Yeah. Um, it's even been reported that some birds have trained themselves not to make any noise when they descend on the field, swooping in and out silently. <laughs> so instead of like squawking like they normally yeah. would, they just whoop, just steal it in and fly off. Wow. <laughs> some cultivators have been forced to guard their fields day and night after ignored requests for help from local officials. Um, others have reportedly turned to sonic warfare, shouting at the birds through loudspeakers or detonating firecrackers in their vicinity, <laughs> which is not what I thought wow. what they were going to, was going to be after sonic warfare. I thought they meant like they were just going to like play like loud sounds or something, yeah. but no, they're, they're literally setting off Fire firecrackers in the, near these birds. Wow. Um, poppy thieving birds are not a new occurrence in India, which is one of the few places in the world where licensed opium cultivation is allowed. Um, Bird raids have been reported several years in a row in multiple poppy cultivating districts, sometimes leaving the parrots visibly intoxicated, crashing into tree branches and laying in the fields wow. in a daze, only to fly off again when the narcotic effects wear off. So, wow, opium addicted parrots. Who That's knew? really funny. Yeah, like, I've never heard of I mean, that. I, yeah, it sounds like the birds are okay. It's just not great for the for the farmers. Yeah, because they're just like, how do you prevent? that right <laughs> well and it said that like the yeah ye- like they the, tried the sound the but... yelling and the firecrackers weren't that effective either no from what they from what well because they they, so. parents are smart birds so they, they really probably like just learned that it's like okay there's a sound happening but it's not like they're not going to do anything actually do anything to me yeah not gonna stop me from getting high can't stop me <laughs> okay my next story is health news and this is from reuters The U.S. Food and Drug Administration called on Congress to modernize rules for cosmetic safety this past Tuesday after it issued an alert warning consumers not to use three cosmetic products sold by Claire's Stores, Inc. because they tested positive for asbestos, a known carcinogen. So if you have purchased... What? uh, Like eyeshadow from Claire's, if you're um, like a teenage girl and you've purchased... Or maybe younger than that. I don't know who shops at Claire's, but <laughs> if you've purchased eyeshadow from them, it um, you probably shouldn't use that. Um, <laughs> Burn on Claire's. <laughs> no, that's who they market to. It's not like an adult. It's I don't like know a, who goes to Claire's. You, you've probably never been to no. <laughs> that's it's a it's a teenage like yeah, jewelry I, I store. I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to like knock. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, the the FDA said it would work with Congress to update the regulatory framework that the agency has been operating under for more than 80 years for cosmetics. Oh, my God. Because it said there are currently no legal requirements for any cosmetic manufacturer selling goods to American consumers to test their products for safety. What? That I was like, is that true? Apparently that's true. Or it's like not like okay, so the FDA controls anything like medical purposes, like topical things, but I think that they're saying that those same like guidelines for topical stuff do do not apply to cosmetics currently. So they're trying to hmm. change that and get those guidelines to also apply to cosmetics. Which makes sense. Yeah, because your skin absorbs things. Right. Like, so you can't <laughs> Yeah, I thought Asbestos? that was <laughs> well. <How> is- <laughs> yeah, so that's under it. Apparently, like the manufacturer is arguing that there wasn't asbestos that they tested mm. it. I don't know. There's some like back and forth going on, but apparently, the FDA tested the products and found asbestos in it. Like Claire's is saying that the results show errors and have mischaracterized fibers in the products as asbestos. Like they're like disputing it. Mm. So mm. we don't know, but they have pulled those products over. It, with an abundance of safety or whatever they sure. said, but um, yeah, and it's reportedly from the talc in the products. That's the the part of it. Um, okay, the FDA identified the specific products as Claire's eyeshadows, contour palette, and compact powder, and cited the talc used in those products as containing mm-hmm. or potentially containing asbestos. Okay, so they've been pulled off the shelves, but this is just another recall announcement that. You're using eyeshadow, a contour palette, or a compact powder from Claire's. And you happen to shop at Claire's. Like, I don't know who does that, <laughs> but. Don't use those things. Yeah. And don't buy makeup at Claire's either. This episode not brought <laughs> to you by Claire's. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So they're they're trying to get the laws changed to get those guidelines in place, which I think it'll be will be good. So uh, the last story I brought is business news. Uh, this comes from USA Today. There's only one blockbuster store left in the entire world. <gasps> There's one left. There's only one left. Where is it? Oh, I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, Blockbuster was once one of the largest retailers in the world. Eventually, it was buried by Netflix and other companies that offered DVDs via mail and then the emergence of streaming. Uh, We somehow have any uh, listeners who don't know what Blockbuster is. (laughs) They used to rent videos. Yeah, it was like their whole thing. The store where you would physically go in, browse a few walls with like VHS tapes on them Mm -hmm. and pick a movie like with your parents and then be like, yeah, we're going to watch this movie tonight. Yay. And it was really exciting Yeah, as a kid. And now we have Netflix. Now you can just get movies very easily. You don't have to go to a store to get one, but that's what it used to be like. That's what it used to be like. You kids. Uh, (laughs) Two bus, two blockbuster stores survived as of this week. One is located in Perth, Australia, and the other is in Bend, Oregon, um, the Perth one is closing later this month, which means mm. only the Bend, Oregon store is going to be left. Um, a little history. Blockbuster was founded in 1985. So it was, really wasn't, it's not that old oh, of a company even. Yeah. Um, at its peak in 2004, it had over 9,000 stores and its employee count was 84,000, which is nearly triple what 
uh, Google's parent company Alphabet has today. <gasps> so they had wow. nearly three times as many they employees as like Google, like in its entirety. Wow. Um, Blockbuster owned some of its own locations, and others were let uh, were owned by franchisees. Um, so these last two were just franchise locations. So the company owned stores were have been long gone for years now. Um, as the videotape rental business was eroding, Blockbuster was thrown several financial lifelines. The final one was from satellite TV company Dish Network. Dish bought the company in 2011, which, why did you do that? After it declared bankruptcy in 2010, which is like, why? I, I don't know. What could be your motivation for buying well, that? Well, they probably had some idea to, like, turn it around. Yeah, I was hoping work. the article would go into detail on that. It did not. It oh, just, okay. Like they just pointed out that Blockbuster had entered the DVD in mail business and eventually made a desperate move into streaming media, but it was like years too late when it began both of those things. I didn't even know they ever got into streaming. Did you know no. at one point they were approached by the creators of Netflix? Oh, really? And they would have they actually tried to like sell their idea to the Blockbuster people. And they wow. were turned down. Wow. Right? <laughs> Talk about like big regrets in history. Yeah. Yup. That's that's incredible. I forget where I read that, but I read that somewhere that like they could have cuz at that point Netflix was just kind of like this like idea, like startup mm-hmm. idea and Blockbuster was huge. So Yeah, well they could have used the name and they were like and No, people aren't going to want to do this, you know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, you were wrong. They definitely did. Yeah. Um uh Dish had planned to keep most of the 1,700 remaining stores it had bought open, um, but the financial losses were too massive, and by the end of 2014, there were only a few hundred locations left. So even as of five years ago, there were still a few hundred operating oh, somehow. Wow. Because... Like, That's more than I even would have... Even at that thought. point, I feel like Netflix would have pretty much taken over. Um, yeah. So the Ben's store that's still open has two unique features that are the reason it has survived. Um... Its owners, Ken and Debbie Tischer, have owned the franchise since 2000 and have no intention to close it. So it's as long as they're kicking, it's, it will be too. Um, the store also has a large collection of Russell Crowe memorabilia, which what? draws in customers for them as well. <laughs> have you heard, did, did you ever see this stuff? At the, the reason that they have this is because John Oliver bought a bunch of like Russell Crowe stuff at an auction and then like donated it to a, I think they don't, he donated it to a blockbuster in um, Alaska. No. Like one of the last few stores. No. And then like when that one closed, they gave it to this store. Oh, so it's so like, that's a, how they acquired a all known, this stuff. like thing. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you follow like last week tonight yeah, with John yeah. Oliver. Um, but that's, that's how they ended up with it. So, that it sounds like this one will at least stick around for a while. It's kind of a museum well, no, at this it's gonna point. It's going to be like a novelty kind of thing, like mm-hmm. probably one of the know. bigger attractions in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, actually. All right, my third story is archaeology news. Um, this is from CTV News. Archaeologists have confirmed a longtime suspicion of historians and say that famed Alcatraz prison was built over a civil war era military fortification. Civil, wait, why? a civil war era military fortification off the coast of California. Yeah. But I don't think it was part of the civil war. Oh. It's just from that okay. era. I think, cause that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> I, was say, I don't think, I don't remember California no, being a, a part of that. A military fortification. 
mm-hmm. on that island, but from that those time. that time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> A study published last week in Near Surface Geophysics the Journal. Which is like, oh, is there also a journal for like deep under the surface geophysics? <laughs> Maybe. The study said archaeologists used ground penetrating radar and terrestrial laser scans and historical maps and photographs. And they found fully buried structures, ammunition magazines and tunnels like un- in the land underneath where Alcatraz is built. Oh. Um, archaeologists are now planning more studies to discover what else lies just below the surface. Historians believe workers built over existing structures when the prison was built in the 20th century. Hmm. So, like, they don't... It, those areas aren't, like, open. Like, you can't, like, go down there, but they're just like, looking in the earth, and there's these tunnels there that are kind of, like, closed off. So they're going oh, to cool. look there and see what else they find. Are they going to go, like, into the tunnels? I hope so. That sounds cool. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Wow. Ready, set, go! I found this story on uh, Huffington Post. Uh, Lincoln the Goat elected mayor of small Vermont town. There's a town with a goat as a mayor. Okay, so technically it's the first honorary pet mayor of this of this town. So oh. on a technicality, it's not actually the mayor. But then again, even if it was, it wouldn't actually be the mayor because <laughs> it's a goat and not a person. <laughs> um, but this is a three-year-old Nubian goat named Lincoln. Um, oh, what a, a government... Yeah. Fitting name, it's what a, am I trying to a, say? Yeah, no, it's a very a fitting name. A very governmental name. Yeah. Uh, uh, this goat was uh, chosen this week by townspeople for the one-year post at the t- uh, community's town meeting day. Uh, Lincoln takes office on Tuesday. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> uh, there was a ballot of 16 different pets that was open to all town residents. Um, most of the other candidates were dogs and cats, and there was also, this is my favorite, a gerbil named Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> had like a whole town like vote well, they this? said a whole town but lincoln won with 13 votes okay yeah so like not that many people voted the second place okay. candidate was a dog named sammy that got 10 and then the oh. other candidates got a combined 30 votes. <laughs> <laughs> and this town has 2500 people so people i guess just weren't participating in this election <laughs> man this voter turnout uh, is not good during its time as mayor, Lincoln will be expected to attend local events, such as marching in the Memorial Day Parade, wearing a custom-made sash. <laughs> <laughs> the town says they wa- raised about $100 through a $5 entry fee <laughs> for, like, to, to be to, in the runoff, I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, sounds like it really accomplished almost nothing. <laughs> But it's kind of cute. Five hundred bucks. Yeah, they made a five. They're made, no, a hundred bucks. Oh, it was just a hundred bucks total. I misheard for you. five. Yeah. Oh, like so. I guess twenty thing, twenty or so okay. animals entered. Um, what was the point of this? <laughs> uh, the town, the town manager, which I guess is not is like their mayor, but not a mayor, said that it was a great way to introduce the elementary school kids to local government. Which okay. Oh, okay. That's fair. 
All right. That's that's fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Lincoln on your new post. Um, good luck. And, yeah, good uh, luck. Yeah. I'm sure you'll do uh, Fairhaven proud. Yeah. Um, my story also sort of has to do with animals. Tangentially, um, the headline is Louisville Zoo closed another day by giant sinkhole. Oh. Um, the Louisville Zoo remained closed today while investigators work to learn what caused a football field sized sinkhole Whoa. to open in an undeveloped part of the zoo. Luckily it was an undeveloped, undeveloped. part of yeah, the zoo. Undeveloped, yeah, that's good. Zoo staff found the sinkhole about 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday during a routine walkthrough. Wait. <laughs> zoo spokeswoman Kyle Shepard said. <laughs> they found it? Was it already a it football Because it was an undeveloped... Thing? Okay. Yeah, it was but there. I just like they feel were like walking you would through- You don't just, like, stumble upon a football-sized hole in the ground. That's what it says they did. They were just walking through an undeveloped part of the zoo, and all of a sudden there was a football-sized sinkhole there. (laughs) This wasn't here before. Um, So, basically, they're letting the engineers work in that area to make sure that it's safe, I guess, and, like, analyze what caused it and stuff, and then they're going to stay closed until they figure it out. Um, Officials estimate the sinkhole is about 50 yards by 85 yards and about 50 feet deep in certain spots. Wow. Isn't that huge? That's massive. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, wait. How did they just... Surely you saw that no from a like, distance. Or if it or was like, is it all like, of a sudden it happened, like did someone hear it happen or like was it gradually right. happened? I don't know. I don't know how it works. But they stumbled upon this giant sinkhole on the land. I just... And they closed not, the whole zoo because they're like, like, we don't know what's happening. Was it in a valley that was surrounded on all sides yeah, by hills? I, don't know. Like, I just don't know how you want to well, see it was, something that Maybe big. it was on a hill, kind of. Mm. Although that doesn't really make sense with like topography. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why sinkholes happen. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I am not a sinkhole scientist. Definitely. I'm definitely not a single scientist. Is that a thing? It probably is. Probably. <laughs> or like scientists with a specialty in singles. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other app you'd like to use. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.